evidence and answers. As a Christian, is the Bible clear on what to do with our body after death? Does it really matter? The discussion of cremation versus burial is not a topic spoken about often, but it is a very interesting one. You're tuned to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zucran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. In today's episode of Evidence and Answers, Pat will be speaking about an interesting topic, the topic of cremation with apologist Dr. Doug Potter. With the conclusion to this exciting with the conclusion to this exciting interview is our host, Pat Zucran. You know, you're talking about the 1960s and 30s. We're, we're looking at, you know, 5 to 7% being cremated. And, you know, the projections I see today by about 2025 puts the percent of cremation in the United States alone at about 56%. That means over half the people by 2025 in the United States are going to be cremated. That could even be higher. And so that no doubt that includes Christians regularly practicing cremation and seeing no difficulty or problem or contradiction whatsoever with it. So it is something that's gradually increased over time. I've actually been looking at this topic since probably the mid-1990s and and have seen a tremendous growth in cremation in the United States. You know, where you're at in Hawaii has some of the highest statistics, and also the West Coast seems to be very high. Uh, Some of the states in the South are very high, and then, uh, you know, somewhere in the Midwest and and definitely in the Bible Belt is probably at its lowest in terms of practice with respect to cremation as far as the United States is concerned. But, you know, it, it is definitely growing in every single state. There's no doubt about it. Well, I guess the question then is, is cremation sinful? That's the $64,000 question, or maybe (laughs) I should say $64 million question since we're in the 21st century and the game shows are rewarding a lot more. Yeah, that's, (laughs) that's the big question out there that everybody wants to know. You know, when I first started looking at this back in the 90s, very few Christians were writing on this topic. Uh, More today are, and some more have taken it on, but even back in the 1990s, very few, especially evangelical Christians, even broached this topic. When Dr. Geyser first approached me about doing research on it, I looked into it, and literally I could find seven to eight books maybe on the whole topic that were easily accessible. And even of those, only you know two or three were, were being written by evangelical Christians on the topic. So it's not something we've spent a lot of time looking at and researching about and when you look at them in terms of what the position they held on it, there's really a, a spectrum. Your more liberal Christians are going to say, no problem, go at it, uh, no difficulties with regards to Christian theology and so forth, or with regards to the resurrection, go ahead and do it. And then you've got some going to the more right extreme, being much more conservative, maybe even fundamentalist about it, saying it's an outright sin and the Bible prohibits it in terms of it, what it explicitly says in some places they would say, or implicitly. And then there were very few holding a middle ground, and Dr. Geyser and I actually took a middle ground with respect to this, because we think that it is not an intrinsic evil. That is, it's not on the level of committing murder. It's not on the level of committing rape, these types of intrinsic evils. While we would say it's wrong in the sense of a wrong practice, it's not intrinsically sinful. That means that there are exceptions with regards to burial. 
that can be practiced and and are not sinful if they are practiced. So uh, the short answer in terms of the position that we take in our, in our book, what information is going on, is that it is it is not intrinsically sinful, and that is because there are exceptions. For example, in Scripture, if you look at it, there are very few passages that actually even approach or even deal with the issue of cremation actually being done. As we mentioned, there are many passages, in, in, including uh, the death of Christ, that deal with uh, Judaism and their practice of burial and describe that in great detail, especially with Christ. But very few instances, and the instances that we do find in Scripture where cremation actually are done are associated with war and the recovery of bodies and taking the bones back and dealing with plagues and diseases that would be spread. And that's what we find in, in First and Second Samuel with respect to a war going on and also in the minor prophet of Amos we find it going, being done because of plagues. And so there are exceptions even in Judaism when cremation should be done uh, because of these exceptions. And that's why we hold the position or take the position that it's not intrinsically sinful. I mean, furthermore, you don't actually find a direct command to be buried in Scripture such that to do something else uh, would be sinful or intrinsically sinful. Even in the Jewish writings outside the scripture, you don't find it actually being commanded in terms of any sense of being burial. It certainly is described as a practice and upheld as a practice, but it's not looked at as being intrinsically sinful. And so we find several things in scripture with respect to giving us direct commands of what to do and not to do, and then we find some things where things are implied or implicitly the case as to what you should do based on what is said. And then you find other situations where it just gives you a practice that's handed down that should be followed because it correctly reflects our Christian theology. And that's where cremation falls in. It's a practice handed down because it correctly reflects and symbolizes our theology, and therefore it should be practiced by the church, and it should be practiced by Christians. But we also find instances where exceptions might arise, and it may be something that should not be done or can't be done in some circumstances, and then alternatives need to be done. So for Christians who have had loved ones cremated, they haven't committed the unpardonable sin, have they? No way, not at all. <laughs> you need to respect other people's wishes. If people, you know, my position is that if people, Christian or otherwise, in your family want to be cremated and you can't convince them otherwise, then you should follow their wishes. They are their body. You know, God is the uh, creator and cause of the body. They are their bodies. The body is just not a container, but they are a soul-body unity. And if that's their wish, then it should be followed through. And no, you are not committing an intrinsic evil or sin by cremating someone, especially if you're fulfilling their wishes. And so it's important to keep that in mind. Are there certain conditions where cremation would be acceptable for the believer? Yeah, definitely. As I mentioned before, I gave you some biblical ones, and I think that those still stand for today. If you're dealing with situations with regards to a plague or disease, the spread of disease taking place, cremation is definitely advisable. If you're in a country where it's the law that you cannot bury, I think you mentioned that for Japan where you cannot bury, it's something where I don't think we should be disobedient to the law of the land because, again, we don't have a direct command for in Scripture to be buried so uh, those instances are definitely circumstances where we should be. You know, there, and there's other ones as well. Land in some places, I don't know what it's like there for you in Hawaii. I would imagine that the burial land is, is quite scarce 
were very expensive. Yes, indeed. Completely un- unaffordable. And those type of instances, you know, I, I kind of have the caveat that I put in there is I think sometimes the church should step in and maybe pay for people that cannot afford burial in order to properly symbolize their theology. But short of someone else stepping in and doing it for you and paying for it, you simply may not be able to afford it. And so in those particular circumstances, it's regrettable. But, you know, again, that's an instance where we do have an exception. Well, then, you know, what if as a pastor or a Christian leader, I'm asked to perform or officiate a cremation service? What do you recommend there? Yeah, that's yeah, that's a really important question as well. You're right on with regards to asking and I'm sure a lot of pastors have that and have, you know, had to deal with that issue and the importance of that. And I, in my position, I think it's also the position that that Dr. Geyser takes and we kind of answer this this in the book as well. You know, and and I also think that the, that the Roman Catholic position on this is is quite good as long as it's not done disrespectfully, as long as it's not done as an affront to Christian theology, as long as it's not done for spite. In other words, it's certainly something that the pastor can participate in. I would hope that the church, individual local churches, as well as the pastor, would teach on this subject and promote burial, show how it's connected to Christian theology, show how it is symbolic with regards to Christian theology. It's something they should teach on. It's something they should certainly discourage cremation, which is much more symbolic of paganism and Eastern religions, and they should do it regrettably. At the same time, if someone were to do it in ignorance, not knowing what's going on, if someone were to do it not seeing the connection with Christian theology, if someone isn't doing it to bring offense to someone or to uh, spite someone in the church or something else, then, of course, I, you know, it's certainly allowable for the, for the pastor to participate under those particular circumstances or situations. Yeah, you know, Doug, death is something we don't like to talk about here in the West, you know, especially in churches as well. There's not much teaching on this, you know. But in the East, death and burial is something that is talked about and dealt with every day. I remember in Japan, you know, I spent the summer there at my grandmother's house. Every day, coming from the uh, fields, we walked by the family grave, and every day we washed the grave and... You know, they did their thing at the grave. It's a daily thing that they did. But here in America, you know, one of the things that surprised me is people don't hardly ever go to their grave of their loved ones. And it's something we seem to just want to shove in a corner and not talk about or deal with. You're exactly right. I think one of the things that, at least in our Western culture and society, when I kind of looked at death and some of the surrounding issues with regards to how we dispose of the dead, you're exactly right. In our Western culture, we have kind of taken death and moved it to the hospital or to the hospice and put something that used to happen in the home that everybody would gather around for. Even in the Old Testament, that's what takes place. It was something you actually saw someone died Many of us here in the United States, we've never seen someone die before, unless it's been something tragic or an accident or something. We've never seen someone grow old and actually die. We show up after it at a hospice or a hospital, or we actually show up for the funeral of the person. We never actually witness it. And you're right, we've moved the graves away from our homes and into cemeteries or into plots, or uh, like many of us, many do uh, today, just practice cremation, and you don't even see a dead body. 
you know, we, we don't even see it associated with a funeral or anything. And so you're right, it is far removed from our thinking and, and understanding. And, you know, death is one of the things that's universal with regards to humanity. And it is only Christianity that has the answer to death. As Paul says, you know, in Christ's resurrection, death no longer has a sting for us because we know that when we die, our soul will be with the Lord or in the presence of the Lord, as Paul speaks about it, and that we will await in that intermediate state a resurrection of our body. So you're right, it's been removed from our culture, it's been taken away from us, or we have distanced ourselves from it. And death is really something that should bring us all back to the gospel. And a pastor, and as well as others, should take every opportunity to use someone's death as a chance and opportunity to bring the gospel to their congregation, of which, and in a ceremony in which many people there are likely unbelievers. Yes, Doug, you know, speaking of that, not only how we live is a great testimony for the gospel of Christ, but also how we face our final days can also be a powerful testimony to friends and family members. And how should we, in normal circumstances, how should we prepare for our final days to be that witness for Christ? Oh, definitely. You know, the testimony, our testimony, our lives, our experience in living should all be brought to bear. You know, it really doesn't matter if it's, a, if it's a, like the thief on the cross who converted upon his, you know, just upon before he died. Christ said to him, uh, today you will be with me in paradise because he knew what was in that man and that he had believed and put his trust in Christ. So, you know, the gospel should be emphasized even upon people's deathbeds. I think it's important, and, and I've seen my own parents practice this with uh, my grandparents that have died, of going uh, to them and reading the scriptures to them, of praying with people that will, that will die. If they're unbelievers, obviously bringing the gospel to them, because many people, I think especially here in the West, may live a whole life that they waste, but at the end, like the thief on the cross, they're very interested in converting because they don't know for certain what's going to happen on the other side. And Christianity gives us that knowledge that we are Christ if we believe or have faith in him and that he will raise us up. So in a very real sense, you know, the gospel is, is paramount on, on with respect to people that are passing on, and they can be comforted by that, and, and certainly scripture, singing hymns, all that should be brought to bear with respect to people that are going to die. And it doesn't stop there. Once they die, properly disposing of the body in terms of a Christian burial and a Christian funeral service is very important to bring the gospel into that. It's, it's very ceremonial. It's very symbolic, again, of good, correct Christian theology. And so it, it, it's something that should not be neglected by the family and the pastor. It, it needs to be dealt with. Yes, you know, and I see a great difference here when I go to Christian funerals compared to Buddhist funerals or Hindu funerals or even those who are atheists or unbelievers in Christ. There's a tremendous difference, and that difference should really stand out to those who are witnessing how a believer not only faces death, but is in the end how they are buried. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, Paul tells us that our hope in First Thessalonians, our hope is that we are going to be reunited with loved ones. For the Christian, death is not the end. But for a Buddhist or a Hindu, it may be the end, 
of them because they no longer exist as a person. They're going to extinctedness if, they're, if they've escaped somehow reincarnation and merging with Brahma. They no longer exist as an individual person. Nothing could be more diametrically opposed to the Christian view that God made us persons, individual persons, in his image, and he will keep us as individual persons even after we die and unite us with a resurrected, immortal, glorified body. Nothing could be more hopeful than the Christian hope of resurrection and eternally being in fellowship with God, with his son Jesus Christ, and with all the other saints that have gone on before us. Nothing is greater than that, and nothing is more important than that, and that definitely needs to be emphasized throughout the process of death, as we said, as well as funerals that are conducted. And that's why you will find Christian funerals, uh, certainly it's a case of mourning and difficulties, and we, and we all go through the process of mourning and sadness. Uh, Christ did it with regards to his friends, such as Lazarus that died, uh, and, and the disciples did it with Christ who died. But again, their rejoicing comes after the mourning because we will see our loved ones again if they are in Christ. Great words. You've been listening to our interview on cremation with Dr. Doug Potter. Doug is also the registrar of a fine seminary. I'm a product of that seminary, Southern Evangelical Seminary. Doug, you want to tell us a little bit about that fine school there in North Carolina? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for giving me the chance to do that. Yes, yeah, Southern Evangelical Seminary is located in Charlotte, North Carolina. And, you know, a lot of times people think of the word seminary and they think, oh, that's just for pastors to go to. Well, if we were just for pastors, we probably wouldn't be in business. We are an institution for educating people at all different levels. We even have high school students that take classes here at our school all the way through people that are in their 80s and 90s. And I kid you not about the 80s and 90s. We are an institution that has all kinds of programs for all kinds of people. We have it for stay-at-home moms to professional doctors and lawyers are going here in our different programs of studies. We have certificate programs for lay people. We have all kinds of classes related to areas of lay ministry, certainly in the area of Christian apologetics and ethics, which deal with all kinds of important issues, all the way to the graduate-level classes for those who professionally want to pursue a degree in ministry and in apologetics or philosophy or to be a pastor in the divinity program, all the way up through our doctorate-level programs for those that want to go on and be professors or like you and I go on and do ministry work in apologetics at a doctoral level in our DMIN program. Uh, so we've got something for everyone. And, you know, the nice thing about it is for our programs of study, you don't have to live here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Just about everything we do in terms of our courses and our classes are offered through distance education and online education. So if anyone is really interested in taking any class on apologetics or ethics or you know, anything associated with the Bible and theology, we teach all kinds of classes and all kinds of areas. All they need to do is to go to ses.edu, and our website has all the information laid out there, and they can definitely call us if they have any questions. I know the Internet can be somewhat impersonal and intimidating at certain sites, so if they ever have any questions, they can call our number here at Southern Evangelical Seminary, which is 1-800-77-TRUTH. That's 1-800-77-TRUTH. We'll be glad to help them personally one-on-one. -on -one. Yes, and Doug, you've got one of the finest lineups of faculty, not only full-time faculty, but adjunct faculty, some very prominent Christian scholars there. Tell us about some of the yeah. scholars you got. 
Sure, definitely. And I would start with our co-founder, Dr. Norman Geiser. That's who I co-authored the book with, What in Cremation is Going On. Uh, and I should mention, if people are interested in the book, it's available on Amazon.com. It's an e-book, more electronic book that you can purchase at Amazon.com. Uh, just do a search for What in Cremation is Going On. And it's very inexpensive. It's very inexpensive. And it's also available on Dr. Geiser's uh, publisher website at bastionbooks.com, where you can also get an ebook available there. Either place, it's accessible. But Dr. Geiser is the uh, co-founder of Southern Evangelical Seminary, and I've worked with him for years now professionally, and he served here as the dean and president at times and established the seminary and really established its faculty and put its faculty in place, many of which are still here. Uh, and Dr. Geiser still teaches for us. In fact, Dr. Geiser will be teaching a class that he has taught here since I can remember, Introduction to Apologetics. He's teaching this August. So if people are interested in that class, again, ses.edu is the place to go. We've got many other professors that are experts in their field. Dr. Geiser obviously being an expert in Christian apologetics and theology and related subjects. But we've got a number of other, other uh, very distinguished faculty here. In fact, one of the best, I think, rising young Christian philosophers, Dr. J.T. Bridges, who heads up our philosophy program and, and has just been appointed the academic dean as well, is just a phenomenal scholar, a young scholar, with respect to doing philosophy from a Christian vantage point and, and a Christian understanding and he's really grown our philosophy program and built it up, and it's very strong. So if anyone out there is looking for a strong Christian philosophy program, we've got an MA in, in philosophy. We are definitely an institution worth checking out. But we offer a lot of classes and have very distinguished faculty in biblical studies and theology. And Dr. Floyd Elmore, who's now our assistant dean, Dr. Barry Leventhal, very good in terms of biblical study, divinity-type classes, pastoral-type classes, excellent men to be discipled by and to learn from. And I would also give high regards for probably the famous Howe brothers, which I'm sure that you're familiar with. That's Richard Howe and Tom Howe. Richard Howe being just the expert in apologetics, and he teaches for us adjunct now, and he usually teaches two or three classes a year for us. Just a really funny guy. He is an active debater and speaker on Christian apologetics. Just absolutely distinguished uh, when it comes to his research and his ability to teach in terms of Christian apologetics. And, and of course, Dr. Tom Howe, there's nobody better in, in Old Testament out there today in biblical languages who's written several commentaries and, and books studying the Bible, and especially a book when it comes to interpretation. His, his book on objectivity and hermeneutics is greatly needed for the church today. So very distinguished there as well in terms of his expertise in hermeneutics and, and Old Testament studies and biblical studies and so forth. So thanks for giving me an opportunity to talk about those guys. I hardly get a chance to do that, but they're just great individuals and really, really an asset to our school. We would be nothing without our faculty. Yes, and so that's Southern Evangelical Seminary, one of the finest schools to prepare men and women uh, for God's work in ministry. And the great thing is their cutting-edge technology, their online classes. You can take them from anywhere in the United States. And for those of you listening in Asia and anywhere in the world as well, once you qualify as a student, fantastic resource, fantastic school for you there. Doug and I are products of that institution along with many others. So we want to thank uh, Dr. Doug Potter for talking on this difficult subject there of cremation, but giving us clear biblical answers to this topic. So, Doug, thanks for being on the show. 
Thank you so much, Pat. It was great to be with you. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. We hope you enjoyed Pat's interview. If you find this broadcast to be a blessing, please consider partnering with us. Evidence and Answers relies on generous donations from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate and keep us on the air, head on over to our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. We have a wide variety of resources available to you, including articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast is grateful for our key sponsor, Highland Capital Management, providing investors with alternative investment solutions. To learn more, visit them online at hcmlp.com. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide reasons for faith and hope in Christ right here on Evidence and Answers. Wake up.